If tomorrow all the things were gone, I worked for all my life, and I had to start again with just my children and my wife. I thank my lucky stars to be living here today, cause the flag still stands for freedom. And they can't take that away. Because it's Indians on Deck, the Cleveland Indians Prospect Podcast, brought to you by Let's Go Tribe.com. As always, this is your host, Matt Schlichting. We also have Brian Hemminger. Brian, why do you love America? Uh, I love America so much that I had my microphone on mute and I was singing at the top of my lungs along with you <laughs> while you were doing that. That's so good. So it's safe to say you're a patriot. Oh, you you name it. I, I bleed red, white, and blue. Dang it. Bleeding three colors is a talent that few people have. So we'll go ahead and kick things off. Uh, our top prospect in the Indian system, Mr. Tristan McKenzie, we've got a little bit of news, don't we? Yeah. Now, this isn't a guarantee, but I've heard from a few people that said that they expect Tristan McKenzie to be activated after the All-Star break. My he, God. May do a, he may do a rehab assignment first, but I actually do think that based on, you know, I haven't heard he had like a major setback or anything when he was uh, working back from the back injury that he had in spring training. So you would think that he should be about ready to go now. So uh, I'm thinking that that sounds about right. So hopefully he is activated after the All-Star break and we can finally see him pitch this year. Man, feels like forever. I'm, I'm ready. I know you're I'm ready. ready. My body is ready. Please. <laughs> so next up, we have the number two prospect in the system, Nolan Jones. I looks like he had a pretty good week. It, it was just looking at the numbers. It's a little weird. It was 12 games. He hit 302, 464, 465. That's with a home run. 21 strikeouts, but also 13 walks. And I, I don't, I, I feel like it's too early to say maybe he's going to be a true outcome player, but he was named to the Futures game. So we'll get to see him in action this coming week. But I mean, obviously, he's a, he's a great prospect and it's been awesome to watch him develop, but. <laughs> 13 walks in two weeks is great and then you see 21 strikeouts and you're like well yeah that's not great and and his strikeouts have been trending up a little bit lately but i mean he's still for the season getting on base at a 437 clip that's which crazy. is insane yeah that's amazing 43 yeah. percent of all plate appearances he's on base that's ridiculous so i'll take it his power is turning around i mean if you remember he didn't have a home run of whole first like month and a half of the season it was like yeah, we were upset Oscar, about it. Yeah, it was like Oscar Gonzalez, you know, couldn't get a walk, and Nolan couldn't hit a home run, <laughs> and then they, yeah, they both much. finally started doing a little bit of both. So, but yeah, you know, Nolan Jones is a special player. He's he's mo- been moving up the the top one hundred prospect lists as well. So that's great to see, uh, and pretty much everything about his game is trending up right now. So I and I also heard that after his he plays in the futures game, he's probably getting promoted to Double A. So Ooh. that's another good thing to hear. So yes, it time is. to get excited. 
Our third player on the list is Tyler Freeman. How did he do this week? Uh, Freeman was the man. It, it wasn't this. It wasn't just this week. I got to. I got to make sure to get that in. It's these past two weeks because we did not have a Correct. show last week. So it's, that's why it was twelve games and twenty-one strikeouts in two weeks, not one week. That'd have been pretty nuts. But uh, Tyler Freeman was promoted to Lynchburg uh, at the very uh, end of last week, and he has been amazing. So he has not shown any signs of slowing down. In fact, he's hitting better at Lynchburg than he was in Lake County. And he was amazing in Lake County. So in the past 12 games in high A Lynchburg, which is supposed to be way tougher, he's slashing 333 with a 423 on base percentage and a 422 slugging percentage, four doubles, four strikeouts, five walks. I saw something his... Uh, swing strike percentage, like for missing, swinging and missing on balls in the zone was like one, 1.3%. <laughs> That's one swing, probably. Yeah, I think it, I think he's maybe missed one strike that was thrown that he swung at. That's Good insane. Lord. Absolutely bananas. And he also has a couple more stolen bases. So good for you, Tyler Freeman. Keep doing you, man. And for the season, he's now up to 304 with a 392 on base percentage and 430 slugging. So In, inject that into my veins. Yeah, absolutely justifying his position in the Indians' uh, top prospect list. And then who do we got next? It is Mr. Bo Naylor. He, I mean, he. we talked about how the Indians were aggressive in placing him where they did to start the season. And there were some early concerns about his performance. But what did he do this last week, Brian? Yeah, Bo Naylor in nine games slashed 297, 366 on base, 568 slugging with two home runs, a triple, and two doubles. It seems like he's making the adjustment. Like His season yeah. stats now are up to 244 batting average, 319 on base, and 419 slugging. So, and any more like at the major league level, that's like, oh, yeah, that catcher can hit. <laughs> yeah. So, and then if you factor in like pretty much the whole past month, he's been on fire because he was a uh, terrific yes. last, because this is over two weeks. And then the week before that, he was tremendous too. So, uh, basically, since about June, he's been locked in and it seems like he's figuring it out. And that's exactly what you want an aggressively placed uh, first-round draft pick to be doing because, you know, people may have been a little concerned after the slow start he had. Uh, you know, that was very aggressive promotion, but it really seems like he's settling in and it, the game is not too fast for him, and that is extremely yeah. exciting because his brother actually got promoted to the big leagues uh, in San Diego this year as oh, well. Oh, did Josh? So, yeah, Josh did. I mean, he, I don't know if he's cool. still up, but, I mean, it, he made his MLB debut – and it seems like that Bo, if he can continue to make these adjustments, that he'll be on that same path. For if only for there to be a brother battle at some point, I I just I want them to face each other at some point. I mean, we're not going to be facing the the Padres a lot, so I mean, it's going to have to happen. You know, hopefully, uh, maybe or maybe his brother gets traded or something. So I wouldn't <laughs> complain about that. So. Uh, next up, we had a Mr. George Valera, and it looks like he did uh, pretty decent. And this was, and again, 
we've said week. I've said week a lot. It's been a couple of weeks since we last talked. So his line for the last two weeks was 310, 431, 429. Couple of doubles, hit a dinger. Uh, 11 strikeouts, nine, nine walks. How about that for some patience from the kid? And then he stole a base too. Yeah, I'm really liking what I'm seeing out of George Valera. I mean, he had a game where I think he went four for five and with six RBIs and just missed uh, the cycle. I mean, he looks he looks like really legitimate. I mean, I would not be shocked if by the end of the season he gets promoted to Lake County. I mean, this kid looks special. And I'm so happy because, you know, last year we only got to see him for a couple games and then he broke his handmate bone. And then this year... Um, I was I was kind of hoping that the Indians were just going to be like, you know what, George, just start at Lake County. You rock. Uh, but they took their time. I think he had a little bit of a, a knee thing that was bothering him. So they just were patient with him. And and he's looking terrific. And he also uh, was added to the top 100 for Baseball America. Was uh, he really? Yes. Slotted in at number oh, 100. Right. <laughs> but, hey, that's pretty good for an 18, 19-year-old. So. Well, and very, I was super good. skeptical, honestly, about Valera. Yeah, because I, I, I we, was a little we, bit. I mean, I, I knew the swing looked amazing, but I was like, man, he's a little undersized. But, I mean, the ball just explodes off of his bat. And, uh, I mean, he, he really packs some serious wallop for a, a smaller guy. And, I mean, he's he's special. I mean, it really does look like Robinson, a younger Robinson Cano in there. So. Yeah. He's, he's a special young player, and I think that he's going to explode through the system and continue to accelerate through those rankings. I think he'll be added to the MLB uh, 100 uh, by next year as well. The oh, MLB God, pipeline. Yeah. Our next young man in the system is one Bobby Bradley, who earned the call. He got the and, call. Uh, started it, out great. It started out great. I think awesome. The first two games, he went one for three with a walk. And his hit was a double in both games. So after after two games, he was he had a I think a three thirty three batting average, a five hundred on base percentage, and I think the slugging was about five hundred, if not more. I would think it'd be more. Let's see, four for. I think it also would be five hundred. So I mean, he he was the man. Uh, I don't know if he's got a hit since. <laughs> Uh, it's been and since then yeah and, and he struck out both of those games so that was also something or at least once both of those games and that has been a continuing trend and that was something people were concerned about and pretty much since then that's i don't, I don't think he's got a hit since then he's now slashing 111 172 185 his wrc plus negative 12 not so hot striking out 41% of the time with a 6% walk rate. So every one of his numbers is way worse. I mean, this guy was just murdering baseballs because he had 292 slash at AAA, 292, 359, 638 at AAA. But you know what? I'm not just going to say that this kid is not going to make it or anything just because he had a bad start. I mean, sure. if you look... Um, every almost every single time that he gets promoted, like midseason to a new level, he struggles. Um, okay. If you look at historically, like I think the year that he was amazing in Lake County, he got promoted to Lynchburg. He had a negative WRC plus that, for like that last week or two of the season. Um, when he first got promoted to AAA, he really struggled. 
uh, last year uh, for the first when he when he got promoted for the first time. So um, I think it's just something that he's going to need some more time. I mean, he's he's not going to be he's not that type of player like an Oscar Mercado where I mean it, he might even be better at the MLB level than he was at uh, AAA. I mean, he's he's gonna he's gonna need some at bats. He's gonna need to make his adjustments because right now he's just having a little bit of trouble, uh, you know, making good contact, seeing the ball well. You know, he's striking out a lot. I would like to see you know that strikeout rate drop, the walk rate go up, and I wouldn't be shocked if they send him back down to to get you know that confidence back a little bit. But uh, I I am not giving up on Bobby Bradley. Absolutely not. I don't want people to do that because. Yes, he's struggling, but he's still a very talented player, and I do think that he is going to help the Indians a lot, a lot over the next few years. He's still what twenty three, twenty three years old. So that sounds right. Yeah, but I mean, regardless of the exact age, he is young. So don't freak out, guys. It's a very small sample size, but it is an honest one because that's this is kind of what people were worried about when everybody was clamoring to call Bobby Bradley up, but. Uh, he he has too much power, and he's too hard of a worker for him not to be able to make that adjustment. And you see it every time. Uh, the longer he stays at a level, the more he figures it out, and the more he starts to to really uh, yeah. It, it would be smacking the ball. So it would be stupid to bet against him. I think. Yeah, absolutely. So don't freak out, people. <laughs> That's just all I'm trying to say. And I've legitimately forgotten. Whose turn it is to introduce the next player? Is it mine or is it yours? I think it's mine to introduce, <laughs> and then you get to talk about our boy Brian Rocchio. Yeah, he hit two forty four, three forty, three thirty three this last couple of weeks. He had a triple, a double, five walks. That's nice. Had a five strikeouts as well. Um, was active on the base paths. Tried to steal three bases, but was also caught three times stealing. I want to point out that this young man. In several of my out of the park baseball simulations, which are obviously our best measurement of the future success of prospects, he often becomes a Hall of Famer. He often becomes the hit king as well. So I don't know, guys. Uh, is out of the park baseball correct in saying that? Rokio is going to end up having 5,000 hits <laughs> or is out of the park baseball correct in saying he's going to have only 3,700 hits. I mean, I guess it's, it's your call. <laughs> I, yeah, I definitely think this kid's going to be special. I mean, he's there's just so good. <laughs> nothing. Yeah, he really is. He's, he's talented defensively. He's a tremendous athlete. Um, he has, he's good at the plate. Um, and he's really good baseball IQ. So to see that he is performing well, uh, like being patient at the plate, walking just as much as he's striking out, despite being really young for his level. Um, yeah, this is a special player. So, I, I mean, he absolutely deserves to be in the top 10, and he's going to stay in the top 10 with uh, the performance he's been putting on so far. So, yeah, I am a huge, huge Brian Rocchio fan. And I wouldn't be shocked if he, you know, it's it's tough to move up with considering the people ahead of him, <laughs> but he could he could still move up, uh, you know, if 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 people really believe in him enough. Hey, we've got Luis Oviedo. It's um, he's kind of like our uh, bellwether 
prospect here, and you know he he just doesn't know what happened. He's like a seismograph. You know? He's up. He's <laughs> yeah. down. He's up. He's down. <laughs> this week he's down. He's down. <laughs> yeah, he had two starts. Neither of them were good. Ten hits allowed in ten innings pitched. Ten runs. Nine of them earned. Gave up one home run. On the bright side, he did strike out more than a batter in an inning, which is something that he actually had not done as well. Like his strikeout rate is down this season. So to see that, that's good. And walked four, not terrible. But yeah, 810 ERA, that's that's not good. Because he, he came in with like a 4.4 or something ERA or maybe 4.3 on the season. And it went up. So it went up. A little bit more, so up to 454 through 77 innings pitched this season. And the strikeouts per nine is still not up to seven. It's at 6.98. So I would really like to see him, you know, figure it out. It just it doesn't seem like uh, he's been able to settle in. Like he's he's had a couple really good starts, but he's just been so inconsistent. And it seems like now, you know, he's he's struggling. So I, I'm not sure what it is either. I'm wondering if it's time to start tamping expectations on this guy. Yeah, I mean, really? We've only seen him look amazing for half a season. I mean, and he was absolutely ridiculous during that half season. I mean, you back to back to back player of the week or pitcher of the week. I mean, you don't just get that for no reason. But yeah, he's he's struggling and it's it's frustrating because I know he's capable of better. I don't know if maybe his velocity's down. Maybe he's got some nagging injuries. It's a mechanical thing. But I really just want him to figure it out because he's still really young. He is. And, you know, so he's got time. I mean, we were giving up on Juan Hillman, and he's definitely turned it around. I mean, he was an all-star. Hillman, Hillman's Carolina a great example, year. actually, yeah, yeah, of a guy that looked was, like yeah. fire young, and then all of a sudden, well, I guess he sucks. Yeah, blew up and then, you know, repeated at – uh, single A and was really bad again, but they just promoted him anyway because they didn't want to repeat him for three years. <laughs> and then he makes the all-star team and he's actually one of our top players in ERA out of all of our starting pitchers prospects this year. And I mean, so, speaking yeah, of OTP maybe again, yeah. uh, mul- multiple simulations of my out-of-the-park baseball game have said that Juan Hillman becomes a good starter. So clearly... <laughs> but no, I, I, with Oviedo, we've talked about him a lot, maybe more than we should have. <laughs> but he's he's just a really interesting player, and the talent's there, the stuff is there, and it it's you one you want to see that kind of guy put it together because he'll be an amazing pitcher for your team if he ever does, but also because you want to believe in a guy like that, that has the ability and I don't know, you, you just, you want it to happen for his sake, you know? Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm right with you. So, um, now that we have covered our friend, Luis Oviedo, we have the young man, Ethan Hankins. Tell me about and what he's done the last couple of weeks. Ethan is the man. If you remember, uh, the last podcast, we made him, uh, our top five of the week because, he made his season debut with four no-hit innings, struck out four, and walked one. So almost perfect. And in his second start, you probably did. I don't even know if you knew about how he did in the second start, but he went four and two-thirds innings, 
no hits again and struck out yeah, eight yeah. this time with a walk. So he was even better, just downright filthy. And if you watch his uh, strikeouts, there's like a little compilation, I think, of his strikeouts from that start. There's a slider that starts like it looks like it starts three feet outside the zone and lands in the bottom left corner of the strike zone. <laughs> just this sweeping filth. <laughs> and I mean, the guy had absolutely no chance. So, I mean, yeah, Ethan Hankins looks nasty and, you know, he is healthy. He's throwing uh, upper nineties. Uh, I think he's, he's topping out around 96, 97. I mean, sit sitting at about 93 uh, and, and people just cannot touch him right now. I mean, he is scary. Um, in his other start, it wasn't quite as good. Uh, he, he did run into a little bit of control issues. Um, he had, he went four innings and walked five, struck out five, gave up two hits and two earned runs. But, and then this one isn't even included because it happened today, but Ethan Hankins pitched today, four and a third shutout innings, six strikeouts, one walk. (laughs) So he's had three different starts where he went four plus with more than a strikeout per inning and one or fewer walks and no runs. So he is disgusting. On the season so far, he's at four starts, 17 innings pitched, six hits, 23 strikeouts, and eight walks. Uh, His whip is 0.82. His ERA is 1.06. He was pitcher of the week last week. He might be pitcher of the week this week. Sounds like it. He's on the last year Luis Oviedo path. Uh, it, it looks like the Indians may have gotten a steal uh, when they took a risk on a player that whose stock had dropped because of an injury. And uh, he looks healthy and scary. You know, it's, it's, there's potential here that he may become our number one pitching prospect by next year. With, with Tristan McKenzie getting hurt two times in the past two years and missing a significant amount of time, uh, with Oviedo and Henkes struggling, and who were also in the top ten with uh, Hankins, and then you know like Lenny Torres taking having Tommy John surgery. I mean, Ethan Hankins looks like the truth. So, and several other players are good, but I mean they would have to have come from way outside the top ten and then have passed Hankins, and I just don't see that happening. I mean, he looks scary good. Last but not least, let's talk about Sam Hentkes. Doesn't look good. Well, he had a couple of games that he started. He pitched nine innings in them, gave up six runs, three walks, only five strikeouts. Six runs earned on average in that time. And for the season, I, I maybe there's some, some hope to be gleaned from the 3.89 FIP that he has so far, but that's still with more than four walks per nine innings. Which has been a and he's, problem he, he's his whole career. to look like a guy that needs to figure out his control or else maybe he doesn't have a future. Maybe that's too harsh now. I don't know. Yeah, or maybe sent to the pen. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, this has been a huge disappointing season. I mean, he's had some brief flashes of brilliance, but 
when your ERA for the season's at five, I mean, 4.97 is basically five. That's five. Just, yeah, that's that's not top 10 prospect worthy. You know, I kind of fought against him being in the top 10 um, because of his control issues that he's had historically. And I'm looking looking like I was right uh, because that's really reared its ugly head this year in his double A debut. So, I mean, I, if he stays as a starting pitcher, then he's going to probably have to repeat double A because, I mean, there's just no way that he's ready for triple A and even close at this point. And he is on the Indians 40 man roster. He is taking up a spot right now. I guess that comes to one question that I did have. And I guess we're at the all-star break. I know that Andrew Kinsman, let's go drive moderator and, and listener to the prospect podcast here suggested that we not mix up the top 10 for the entire year. But if we're going to do it, the middle of the season looks like a time that we might be able to revisit it. So what are your thoughts? I mean, do we keep the same 10 here? Or do we maybe in a week's time look at changing up who we have in the top 10? I say this is what we do. And there'll be pipeline updates. It's top 10 right around right around the All-Star, uh, the trade deadline, which would be the end of this month. So maybe we switch to the MLB pipeline top 10 after the trade deadline. If, if we'll throw that out there and listeners, if you think that's interesting, you can tweet us or email us, whatever. Uh, if you think that that would be fair, because you know what? <laughs> I'm kind of getting tired of talking about Luis Oviedo and Sam Henke struggling all season when there's other yeah. players that kind of deserve to be talked about a little bit more. I'm looking at, I'm looking at one of them right now, and I'm excited to get starting to talk about him. But, I mean, ultimately, I think the top 10 has held its own, frankly, for most oh, of the season. Oh, yeah. But Eight of them, for if, sure. Yeah, if, if there's a chance to refresh what what you guys are interested in hearing about, please let us know. Um, if you do want to hear about Henkis walking eight and a half guys per game, Awesome. We'll we'll continue to talk about his inability to place pitches, but I think that's a a pretty decent segue into our top five from everywhere, in which there is at the top one young man who, yeah, I just it, it's frightening to me how the Indians just continue to develop great starting pitchers and and take it away from here, please. Yeah, and and it isn't just that they've developed great starting pitchers. It's they did it all in the same draft class. Um, the 2016 draft class is looking like it might be one of the best Indians draft class of all time. Of uh, all time. I mean, you started it with Will Benson and Nolan Jones, who are both having monster years right now. And Benson's monster. the first 2020 player in minor league baseball this year. And he did it in 63 games. Um, so fast. <laughs> <laughs> and Nolan Jones has exploded up. He's top, top top 100 prospect. And then you've got Shane Bieber, who joined the rotation last year and is now, I think, a top 15, uh, like, FWAR pitcher in, like, all of baseball. Um, FWAR. <laughs> Zach Plasek has moved up and has joined the rotation because of injuries, and he's looked pretty good. He's had a couple uh, rough ones, but I mean, for the most part, just been really, really nasty. And, Nasty. <laughs> and Aaron Savalli, uh, the third-round pick, who was actually the first pitcher taken, I believe, in that draft by the Indians. Playsack was, I think, a 12th round, and Bieber was a fourth round. He was taken right behind Savalli. And 
Savali was third round, uh, but he was a little bit more of a project. He was converted from the bullpen, and he also had to deal – he had some injuries last year that slowed him, slowed down his progression a little bit. He's had injuries, I think, for two years that slowed down his right. progression. Because but, I know he didn't start at the beginning of this season. Yeah, and he had injury. injuries this year. But he has been so good this season. And uh, over the past two weeks, he made his major league debut with six shutout innings, two hits, three or six strikeouts. And then he, when he went back down, he has had, uh, I think, a combined 15 innings pitched of one run baseball. And what was really cool was I actually got a chance to see Savelli's MLB debut. I was in Cleveland watching him. And when that first inning happened and he struck out the side after falling behind all three hitters, I think. It was amazing. The crowd went crazy. It was a pretty much a sellout against the Tigers. And yeah, he looked amazing. And to to have him not be discouraged getting sent back down, because I mean, it was pretty much ob- apparent that Clevenger was not going to be on the injured list for long. It was pretty much a one start opportunity, but he made the most of it. And since getting sent down, he has been absolutely amazing. So I'm going to say it right now. Uh, you're always hearing me campaign for guys to to get called up if I think they deserve it. And I think Aaron Savali needs to be called up and, at least for now, be the Indians' number five starter over Adam Pletko. Uh, Pletko just, you know, he's, he's a little too hittable. I mean, people compare him to Josh Tomlin, and I think it's looking a little bit more like the bad Josh Tomlin than the really good Josh Tomlin at times. Uh, I'm very grateful for, you know, Pletko eating up innings in a couple times where we really needed him to do it, uh, coming out of the bullpen and stuff. He's been amazing with that. But, yeah, I think if you want to give the team the best chance to win, I say start Aaron Savalli the next chance that he can start maybe after the All-Star break while we're still waiting for Kluber and Carrasco to get healthy. Our next young man up. Mm Mm-hmm. Is quickly becoming yeah, a favorite I'm, of yours, I believe. I I'm excited about him. Uh, is it Yainer? Yainer. I think it's Yainer. Yainer. We got to get it right. Yeah, we at some maybe point. Maybe we'll have to message him Yainer, on uh, Twitter, like we did Savali. I'll have to. You know, Yainer Diaz. What did he do? Yeah. Uh, over the past two weeks, he batted 410 with a 415 on base percentage. 718 slugging with three home runs, three doubles, a walk, 182 WRC plus. And this includes him going like 0 for 5 yesterday. So that's how good he he, he was wow. he was batting over 500 on the season up until yesterday. <laughs> that's how good he's been. He's been absolutely nasty. And we talked about him last week too. You know, this is a kid that almost batted 400 for the first two months of his AZL season last year. And he's repeating in the AZL Mm -hmm. because the Indians have so much catcher depth right now. They have two catchers at Mahoning Valley that are walking more than they're striking out. So it's tough. (laughs) It's tough to give Yainer the shot, even though, you know, he, I mean, I've heard that he's a hit more than glove, but he's throwing out about 40% of base runners uh, as well. So, I mean, he looks like a, you know, a potential, really impressive hitting catcher. But 
right now we just got to wait. Uh, it seems like, you know, catchers have been dropping like flies in the upper levels. So maybe one of those Mahoning Valley catchers will get an opportunity and Yainer can get up to Mahoning Valley where he belongs. Because it seems if you look at the batting averages on his team, I think the next highest guy, because uh, it seems like a lot of the prep guys that the Indians have drafted this year, like right out of high school, they've been struggling a little bit out of the gate. So like the highest batting average on the team is like 280. And then there's Yainer batting 500. <laughs> like it <laughs> looks like just good. men, a man playing with boys right now. That's how good he's been. So yeah, let's, let's call up Yainer people. He's ready. Come on. What are you waiting for? I mean, how much more does he have to humiliate these poor pitchers that just got drafted they're making their pro debut and then this kid comes in and just crushes two home runs off of them his first two at bats of a game like he did the other night so yeah i mean yainer's already i think topped his home run total from last year so i mean he he looks he looks good man he looks real good so mm-hmm. and he's he's still young so I mean, I can understand why they're, they're, you know, holding him back just because of the depth, but give him his chance, man. Even if you just got to DH him, I want to see him start hitting against low A pitchers. So well done, Yainer. Who we got next? You probably have no idea who this kid is, but I'll give you a chance to talk about him anyway. His name is Julian Escobedo. Mm -hmm. He played seven games. It's a good slash line that we've got to talk about here, which was 414, 469, 690. That includes a dinger, a triple, three doubles, three walks, three stolen bases. And he was able to put together a 195 WRC+. plus. What level was he at? That was also in the AZL. I believe Escobedo was a 17th round draft pick by the Indians. Let me double check that. What the Indians did this year, which was I think is kind of interesting, in years past... They kind of mix – well, in years past, they would kind of sign their players throughout after drafting. Like, and they'll just be announcing one every couple days out of nowhere. But this year, I think they signed 32 players on one day. (laughs) They just brought a ton of them to Arizona (laughs) and just went, all right, guys, sign. And they all did, and they announced 32. They've since announced like one – You want to play baseball? Yeah. Here's baseball. They've since announced like one or two more. Um but okay, but yeah. So then, the second that happened, they just put them all on the Arizona teams. They didn't send any of them to Mahoning Valley, and uh, it clearly looks because uh, uh, Julian Escobedo was a college bat. Uh, he was a junior out of San Diego State, and he looks like he's ready to be playing it. I mean, he probably should have normally in most seasons that the Indians drafted a player of his talents, uh, he would have started the year probably at low A. But I would be absolutely floored if within either next week or the week after, he's not in low A. Because, I mean, there are a couple players here that just clearly belong at a higher level. Uh, They've just got, you know, a lot of college, advanced college pitchers or uh, bats and... Escobedo is definitely one of them. So he looks he looks sharp, and he's he's he just needs to be at a level that's going to challenge him. And right now, <laughs> this level is not challenging him because I think on the season he he might be at that four ten level, if not higher, uh, or the four fourteen level, if not higher on the season. So he 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 looks pretty good. 
So very nice to see him get off to such a good start. The next player in our five best from everywhere was Matt Waldron. Waldron sounds like a Pokemon that might anchor your team from a defensive point of view, but what did he do for the Indians? Okay, this guy was one of those poor schmucks that was drafted as a senior. Okay. <laughs> had to sign for $5,000. Uh, and he was a third third day pick, 18th round. But he has been absolutely disgusting. Um, he's been getting uh, an opportunity to pitch uh, multiple innings each time. And in his last three games that he appeared, he went eight innings pitch total, one hit, no runs, no walks, 13 strikeouts. So this one, I will say it right now. Like, uh, let me find something here. All right. This would be really gross. All right. I'm holding my shopping list. I will eat this shopping list if Matt Waldron is still in the AZL next week when we record this podcast. And that shopping list to yeah. the wall, because I'm looking forward to recording the sounds <laughs> of you eating what I'm assuming is several feet of paper, because you're, I believe, a prolific shopper. No, no, I, 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 I buy a lot of uh, fresh food, so it's, it's not a long list, but I mean, it's... Only six to seven feet, it's, then. Uh, it's about ten inches long. So maybe eight, eight or nine. <laughs> oh, so yeah. I mean, it's 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 a decent well, sized piece of paper. It, w- it would not be tasty. It would not go down smooth. I would say, but yeah, I'm saying it right now. I would now. say eight to ten inches would impress a lot of people. <laughs> I will eat this shopping list if Matt Waldron is still in the ACL. <laughs> I really will because this guy does not belong in the ACL. He is he is just embarrassing people. I mean. Those numbers, those, yeah, numbers, those are are numbers are better than what Nick Sandlin had last year when he advanced to double A from being drafted. <laughs> so, yeah, get this man up to another level because uh, I think that he has faced a few players that probably quit baseball after he, he pitched to them. Last but not least, we have Adam Scott. And if you remember, another poor schmuck senior draft pick uh, that was taken last year, that was taken in the fourth round. Uh, he did sign for more than $5,000, but it was, I think, $50,000. Because um, 5000 for a fourth round pick. That, I mean, people would probably be, you know, really mad at the Indians for doing that to him. But um, they converted him. He was a reliever last year, and he advanced all the way to, I think, Lake County. And then this year, he started at Double A or at a high A and he got promoted to double A over these last two weeks. And he made two double A starts. And in his last two double A starts, he has pitched a total of 12 and two thirds innings pitched six hits, no runs, three walks, 13 strikeouts. I believe zero runs. I believe he has the most strikeouts right now of any Indians full season pitcher. So, everybody, this might be one of our new left-handed pitching prospects. I mean, he's already at the same level as Sam Henkes (laughs) after just being drafted last year. He's at the same level as Sam Henkes is. He's maybe the same age. Let me double check. So, Henkes is 22. And so Scott will be a little bit older because he was a senior draft pick. He was not a junior. But he's 23. So, I mean, it's not my much. So he's a year older, but he's already at the same level as 
uh, Henkes, and he is performing significantly better. Well done, Adam Scott. Uh, I'm excited. I mean, this year so far, uh, 91 strikeouts in 75 innings pitched. So he looks good. Well, that's our five best from everywhere. There's one thing that I, I think is important to point out still, and, and we're going to do it in a somewhat unconventional way. So I just want to take a quick moment to point out that Eric Haas hit a bomb so far. It went over the scoreboard. <laughs> yeah. For those of you that don't know, Eric Haas is a Indians catching prospect at AAA. He now has, I believe 21 home runs on the season. Second in the Indians organization. He hit it so far. He hit one of the most majestic blasts of any Indians prospect all season. It was in Toledo. They have their stadium where the field is like below street level. And then, and there's their stadium, their park is downtown Toledo. And he hit the ball over the scoreboard onto the street out and it probably smashed some poor dude's car. I mean, he. The city is gone! <laughs> Yeah. I mean, I don't even care what his stats were for the week, they, for the last two weeks. That I'm sure they weren't top five worthy, but that was a blast that was worthy of recognition. It really was. Like the announcer was even like, I, I mean, that, where'd, that, where'd that ball go? Where'd that land? My God. He, wow. Eric Oz with another. It like what? left the stratosphere is what it did. <laughs> <laughs> it's just. So, yeah. It was like. I, I'm sure you saw the video of Vlad Guerrero Jr. warming up for the All-Star or for the Home Run Derby. Like It, it was one of yeah. those shots, but in yeah. the game. Just <laughs> like he just... Insane. So, yeah. <laughs> Way to go, Eric Haas. Nice job. Keep it up because well, I mean, we've still got Kevin Ploiecki, you know, just doing his thing. I mean, it's not like he's been terrible, but, man, I would love to see Eric Haas up there just hitting mammoth bombs in Cleveland. I really would love to see that. That brings us along to our injuries, retirements, release, traded, suspended section of the podcast. People move it around in the lower yeah. levels. Brian, This started happened? as just the injury section, and there have just been so many different things that have happened to Indians players that we just have to keep making this longer and longer. So then we had to switch it to retirements because a couple players retired. Then we had to switch it to also released because they – uh, sent a couple kids packing after the draft. Then we had to add traded because they sent a few, you know, AAA guys, veterans to other teams where they need, needed some depth. And now we get to add suspended. Man, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to think, why not? is there anything else that they could even have happen to a player that we can throw in there? It's only unretired, which we had a couple weeks ago. <laughs> So unretired would have been in the promotions, activations, acquisitions. So no, it's okay. But yeah, so I'm trying to think. And yeah, it's 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 boggling my mind if anything could possibly happen to any other players. But okay, so moving on. At AAA, Asher Wojciechowski, you heard that name right. Uh, veteran pitcher that has been pitching at AAA Columbus. He's been good, pretty good all season. Uh, and he got traded to the Baltimore Orioles. So their pitching has been pretty terrible this year, except when they placed the Indians last week. <laughs> um, but yeah, so it looks like he is actually, I think he got called up and he uh, pitched for them or was going to. And then in 
devastating news. Nick Sandlin hit the seven-day injured list with a right forearm strain, and it's looking like he will not be back until the end of the season. For everyone like me that was certain that Nick Sandlin would be the first player from the 2018 MLB draft to make it to the majors, and he really was on that path because he was looking good at AAA, and I, I really thought that they were going to call him up pretty by the uh, at least uh, September. Uh, that's not going to happen. So unfortunately, uh, we will have to wait till next year to see Nick Sandlin on the Indians. But I would not be put it past him making them out of spring training. Now at AA, David Spear hit the seven-day injured list with a right ankle sprain. Tyler Krieger, second baseman, got injured with a left quad strain. And Wilson Garcia, if you remember, he was a Rule 5 minor league draft selection, was good enough to make the AA All-Star game. Uh, he hit the seven-day injured list with a right foot sprain. And then at High A Lynchburg, Matt Salter got suspended, uh, had a positive drug test. If you remember, he was a veteran. He's not some guy that they drafted or anything, but he was a depth veteran that the Indians scouted and added. And I guess the reason that he looked good and way better than he'd ever looked in his previous pitching career was because he was on the juice. Uh, and then at Lake County, catcher Paul Gonzalez went hit the injured list with a right calf strain. And today, I believe, uh, Chi Wei Hu who the Indians acquired in a trade in the offseason for Sam Haggerty, he was released. You know what? That is not a surprise for me. He was awful. Just awful. I don't know if he had one good appearance the whole season. That was a very poor decision by the Indians to make that trade. And I really hope they stopped trading with Tampa Bay. But they didn't because uh, to replace Chiway Hugh, they traded for some other guy. From Tampa Bay, I think. So this guy, I think, is a utility player. We'll talk about more about that next week because I think it just happened today, so it won't be mentioned. But yeah, Chiwe Hu was released. Now on to the brighter side, and there is much more to be uh, excited about on the bright side. We have Bobby Bradley. He was promoted uh, to, to the Indians. Yu Chang, for two games, was promoted, made his Major League debut, did not get a hit, but he got that Major League experience. Good for him. And no, he did not have Soldier Boy as his walkout music. <laughs> and Aaron Savalli, as we already mentioned earlier, also was promoted from Columbus. So we had three Major League debuts in the past two weeks, so that's pretty cool. And then also at AAA, Cameron Hill who is recovering from Tommy John surgery. And we've talked about him a little bit in previous podcasts as he's been doing some rehab work. And he was finally promoted and activated from uh, the injured list. He is now at AAA. So last year was competing for a bullpen spot on the spring training. So if he can get back healthy again, he could be another depth option in the bullpen. And Rob Kaminsky promoted to AAA. This is the second time he's been promoted to AAA, but it looks like this one's going to stick because the last time he was promoted briefly and then got sent right back down after like one appearance, but he's made multiple appearances and he's looked really good. So hopefully he sticks around and that's great to hear because he's had a long road. He was stuck at AA for about four seasons and it seems like he's at AAA now and as a left-handed uh, bullpen option, there, there is always a place for you if you can uh, get people out as a lefty. And then, as we mentioned earlier, Adam Scott was promoted to double A from Lynchburg. 
Uh, ben Krauth was activated from the injured list. And this is another one that uh, has been out for a while. But Andrew Monasterio, the third man in the Jan Gomes trade, he was activated from the injured list for double A. High A Lynchburg, Mitch Reeves joins Quentin Holmes and Will Benson as a promotion from Lake County, as does Cody Morris, uh, a draft pick from last season, who has been pitching pretty well at Lake County, and now he is going to be pitching starting pitcher for High A Lynchburg. And left-handed pitcher Anderson Polanco, a long reliever out of the bullpen, was activated from the injured list. At single A, third baseman Jesse Berardi was activated from the injured list. Outfielder Ruben Cardenas was activated from the injured list, and I would not be shocked if he is promoted to high A pretty soon as well. And then outfielder Cody Farhat was promoted from Mahoning Valley to single A Lake County. And Jonathan Engelman, an infielder, was promoted from Mahoning Valley to Lake County. At Mahoning Valley, Grigori Vasquez was promoted from the AZL Indians Red. And in the AZL, Jose Tena, who was the top hitting prospect in the Indians DSL last season, he was activated in the Arizona Rookie League for the Indians. So I will be very excited to see how he performs uh, moving forward the rest of the season in the Arizona Rookie League. Shortstop, top hitter. Shocker, I'm sure. Okay. Another good shortstop. Um, no. Do you mean to say that the Indians signed a middle infielder who's got a great bat? What? It is. It's their MO, it seems you like. Can always, you can always move an infielder, a middle infielder, to second base. You can move him to third base. So why not just get that most athletic player? So that seems like it's been the Indian strategy. Power pitchers, you can always move them to the bullpen. Uh, and then, or just really good pitchers and middle infielders. That brings us to Indians in the cupboard. This is when we take a moment to highlight players outside of the top 10 and not necessarily in the top five from anywhere that we just feel like they deserve some extra attention. So I'll go ahead and kick things off. I mean, each of us picks two players, a pitcher and a hitter that we want to follow. I had Kyle Nelson and look what they did to my boy. <laughs> it really wasn't that bad. He had his first bad week ever in professional baseball, basically, but three and two thirds, 9.82 ARA, four walks, gave up a home run. Just terrible. Just terrible. So bad. It was such a bad couple of weeks that now his line for the season is that he's pitched 31 innings of 1.45 ERA, <laughs> 2.11 FIP, 14 strikeouts per nine. He's fine. It'll be interesting to see what he does after a, a truly terrible week for the first time, basically. That brings us along to Mark Mathias, who uh, he did nothing notable. <laughs> I had uh, nothing exciting to say. His season lines 277, 350, 446. He hit 220, 333, 366. It was a little bit of a down week. There was another Indians infielder from the system who got the call for a game, which probably deserved. But I'm just curious to see what well, they do with now Mathias. Now that Kipnis has point. actually started hitting, it's probably going to make it tougher for Mathias to get called up. Yeah. So, yes. I, I'm stoked that Kipnis I mean, has started We've got hitting. him for the rest of the season. If he can you know, discover that swing. That's great. Cause I mean, we're paying him anyway, you know, who did you have 
for the last couple of weeks. Any changes? I don't think so. Yeah, my boy Oscar Gonzalez, um, he a few walks did earn a walk, uh, but his slash was a mediocre 250, 286, 250. Uh, you wrote, who needs extra bases? <laughs> uh, and then Eli Morgan, uh, you mentioned that he had one start, but he had two, actually. Yeah, I, I uh, think I missed that. Yeah, because we're dating back two weeks. Um, the first start was pretty good. Went six innings, two runs on eight hits with four strikeouts. Okay, that's not bad. So, and no walks. So, yeah, it's a quality start. That's not bad. I mean, I'd be happy for that in my fantasy baseball team right now, for sure. Uh, next start, though, not so hot. Uh, went two innings, four hits, two walks, five earned runs, and two strikeouts. So that was, that was I think, his worst start of the season by a pretty significant margin. And what's kind of interesting is he's now had two of his last three starts, last 3.1 innings and two innings. So that's not good. I don't know what's going on because... He's been so consistently good all season, but he's had uh, two two rough starts out of his last three, and I'm, I think he's starting tomorrow. So we'll see how he does uh, on Independence Day. But yeah, uh, not not a great uh, you know I, not a great performance here by Eli. And I think let's see, yeah, he was named yeah pitcher of the week earlier this year in Lynchburg. Players that made the double-A All-Star game for the Indians, it was Wilson Garcia, who I mentioned earlier, that was injured. But Kai Tom, who we've talked about a little bit uh, the past few episodes, he was an All-Star. Connor Maribel made the All-Star team. And then our boys, Kyle Nelson and Eli Morgan, our Indians in the cupboard, both made the All-Star game. So maybe, you know, it got to their heads a little bit that they got announced as All-Stars and then they're like, oh, yeah. You know, I'm way better than these guys. I don't even need to try. And then they got creamed a couple times. That's my theory. That'll happen. That's about it for uh, this episode because I don't really feel like talking about the AAA All-Stars because I think pretty much all of the Indians AAA All-Stars are guys that were like super veterans that it's not that big of a deal. Like Asher, who we just traded. Like Brandon and Brandon Barnes. Barnes. And like maybe Trace Thompson or like a Ryan Flaherty all made it. So it's... Yeah, that, none of those guys are like the people that you're like, oh, baby, I can't wait to see them in Cleveland. So not that big of a deal. But the Akron ones, all of them, uh, except maybe Garcia, who is really, I don't expect to make it to Cleveland, but he's a good depth guy and is having a pretty decent season. But the other four, very happy to see uh, them have excellent seasons and be recognized. Absolutely. Well, like you said, that wraps up this episode of, of the podcast. And I think that as long as there's pride in every American heart, then it's time we stand and say.